The library is more than just books. For some, it's a third space to relax, read, research, work, or, in the case of local author Nevo, write award-winning books. Vo is one of three authors being added to the Milwaukee Public Library's Wisconsin Writers Wall of Fame at their Central Library branch. The wall pays tribute to a spectrum of literary talents whose work has been influenced by their life and experiences here in Wisconsin. To share more about the history of the Writers Wall of Fame and to learn what it means to the author herself, I'm joined by librarian Beth Gabriel and author Nevo. Beth Gabriel and Nevo, welcome to Lake Effect. Thank you both for taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks for having us. So, Beth, can you share some of the background and history of the Milwaukee Public Library's Wisconsin Writers Hall of Fame? Absolutely, I can. So, the project has been around for a while. The wall was launched in 1997, and the point was to honor writers who have had literary impact, who have had their impact in part by being either born here in Wisconsin or have had lived here a significant amount of time. Um, So we identify people that have lived here, worked here, played here, written here, and had a Wisconsin presence. Um, So that's how the wall started, and a committee is formed as time allows and as time passes, because not every year is there like, oh, we need to add a person every single year. So there's no kind of rules or structure on when names are added. So the um, supervising administrator is Marion Royal from Central Library. She is the public services area manager. So she, um, along with some of our other staff, formed a committee. They went out in search of folks from kind of the Milwaukee literary scene. There was five people from the committee and they were tasked with finding and identifying names and then narrowing the list down. So this year, three names were chosen and they're going to be installed shortly on the wall at Central Library. And we have one of those three with us today. Ni, you are being added to the wall. How did you feel when you first got word that you're the latest addition to the Wall of Fame? Uh, I was deeply excited and also very impressed because I got this lovely little note in my email, um, very sweet and very discreet, saying, Hi, do you work with Nevo? Um, we'd love to have her on the wall, and but we'd love to surprise her with it. And my response was, I'm sorry, my staff here is like me and my cat. The cat's out of the bag, <laughs> unfortunately, but thank you so much. I am so excited. And I really love what Beth had to say about investigating and observing and looking for authors because... I work a lot of times at the East Branch Library close to downtown here. And I just sort of love the idea of as I'm sitting there like a pile of rags staring at my computer that there is like like a team of scientists tracking me and observing me through like, through, you know, like the boreal forests. And that's just <laughs> lovely. It's amazing. Um, it's really just cool that the literary committee members, like they do, they go through and they look through things and they're not just pulling names solely on oh, this best-selling New York Times listed person who has published 5 million items, you know, like these are upcoming fresh voices, voices that are thrilling all of us, like you, me, or somebody that has had an impact in the past and might no longer be with us, which is one of the names. Right. And Beth, I was wondering, could you give us a few examples of other notable authors that are featured that kind of exemplify this range? Yeah, absolutely. So the year the wall was first put up, which was 1997, um, it is designed and maintained by Conrad Schmidt Studios. 
which you might be familiar with, their local company. Um, there was actually 12 names put up that first year because they kind of went through and identified a lot of legacy folks. So Aldo Leopold is on the wall, Carl Sandberg, the poet, Laura Ingalls Wilder, Thornton Wilder. Um, in 1998, Marguerite Henry was added to the wall. And then you know, we all kind of have these feelings about what is a literary voice of merit, what kind of literature has merit. 1999, Lois Ayler was added to the wall. She's a children's illustrator and picture book writer. So she's, you know, very much known for her art and her writing, and she was very much wanted to be added to that wall. Um, we have historian John Goethe on the wall, added in 2000. He's a preeminent Milwaukee historian writing nonfiction. So I really, as working here, I'm thrilled that there's this kind of breadth of folks on there. But I this year, I was super excited that two of the names, so Nevo and then Jean Deweese, were added because they are part of... Um, not just like fancy literature, but they you, you work in a genre. And he writes fantasy, science fiction, genre. Jean Deweese wrote Star Trek show tie-in novels, which I thought was super duper cool. <laughs> this honor and the people who are on this wall at Central Library, it recognizes that the writer's work has been influenced by their life and experiences here in Wisconsin. Now, Nee, you were born in Illinois and you currently live here in Milwaukee. How do you say that Wisconsin or Milwaukee has shaped your life and in turn shaped your writing? Uh, let's see. I moved up to Milwaukee in about tw about 2007. I was following a girlfriend and that didn't last, but uh, Wisconsin seems to have. And I love living here. I love living by the lake. And I I'm not sure if uh, Beth mentioned it earlier, but I have written a fair number of the works that I have published right at the East Side Library, as a matter of fact. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, I'm just this pile of rags that's sitting by the big windows, watching the people go by, wishing that maybe I had picked another career sometimes, or that, man, that's a pretty jacket. I don't, I should, I should get one like that, you know? And that's, that's my experience at the library, which is that it's a very wonderfully welcoming place that supports its local literary community, which is me when I'm having a bad day, as far as I can tell. So um, there are a lot of things that brought me to Wisconsin and have uh, made me decide to stay. And I'm just having, honestly, it's because I'm having the best time here. I love that so much. I just love it. And like, I will tell you, as a person who works at the library, I, I truly don't know what people are working on when they're working at my branch. I just... You're there, and that's what you're supposed to be there for. We're supposed to be this third place that you can get out of your house, get out of your office, come and do work, be surrounded by a vibrant community of folks, and just use the Wi-Fi and sit in a chair that isn't going to let you, like, crash. <laughs> oh, oh, do you know, I, um, this is kind of fun. I don't know if I've ever mentioned it to you guys, but um, one of the first calls I ever had with my agent, uh, Diana Fox and my editor at Tor.com, Roshi Chen, was actually in one of the multi-purpose rooms I booked, like one of the private mm -hmm. rooms you can just book there. And something something terrible was happening to my apartment that weekend. And I was like, hey, can I borrow one of the rooms? And they're like, yes, yes, you can. I'm like, perfect. Got to go look like a professional. And you guys are very helpful with that. Yeah, we do try. And those study rooms are super popular. So if anybody else wants to come write a literary masterpiece like one of Nee's books, you are welcome to go to our website, mpl.org, and book one yourself. Um, all of our 13 locations have private rooms. 
I love all these intertwined connections and how it feeds back to, you know, our lovely library system. Now, Ni, your books are described as genre-bending. They're surreal, fantastical, emotional. You draw on inspiration from eras like the Jazz Age or pre-coded Hollywood, and you center women's and queer voices. And this is just little snippets and highlights of what other reviewers and other people have said about you. But can you explain in your own words a bit more about what your main inspirations are that drive your work? Or do you have like a central mission each time you seek out to write a new story? What's your process like? Uh, let's see. As Beth pointed out, I am in fact a genre writer, and I love being a genre writer. I love I love working in spec fic, among other things, because in a way that I think that is uh, more integral to our genre than necessarily say lit fic is. In spec fic, we are all having this conversation with each other, which comes from which I mean I think that's a tradition that goes back about a hundred years, given you know the old school sci fi fantasy magazines, you know the old list serves, all that fun stuff. And in so many ways, it's a community of people who have a ball and are tossing it back and forth and sort of like looking at it while we have it and going, you know what I could do? And that's so much the crux of SpecFic for me is like, what can I do? Or why haven't, hasn't anyone done this before? Or how can I specifically have a, have a good time with this? Like, I joke that one of my uh, interests is ruining it for everyone, you know, <laughs> and um, that, I mean, that's a joke. I want I want people who read my book to have a good time. But if you ruin something just a little bit, you can let someone else come in and fix it. And that's a great way to keep the conversation going, just to be that much of a little jerk. And that's a really natural thing for me. And it's really good if it doesn't spill off on my friends and my loved ones and instead hits like a greater literary community. And for any listeners who might not be familiar, spec fic, speculative fiction? <laughs> yes, yes. Gotcha. So Beth, you've been on Lake Effect before talking about one of Nee's books, Siren Queen. And as you mentioned previously, you've both had event discussions, both virtually and in person. So for you, what are some of the things that stand out to you about Nee's writing and the relationship that's stemmed around it? And, you know, this whole big relationship that you all share with MPL. I have to say, so Siren Queen, like, honestly, was just, it knocked my socks off in a way where it was this glamorous Hollywood of the past, but with these monsters. And I'm like, these monsters could just be the people of that time. I feel like it was just fantastical enough to go, okay, this isn't my world, but it's so close to our world that it like is unsettling. And it made me think, and I, it was inspired me to go back and like read and look up certain, you know, like Hollywood studios and, the Me Too movement and things where, you know, women in Hollywood and the power that these studio heads have. And it was just like so absorbing to sit down and read that book. And these books are not very long in page count, but they're long on impact. Your words are spare, but they hit you. And it's just, it's just very good. Me, with being added to Central Library's Writer's Wall of Fame, and as Beth mentioned, along with Ayat Akhtar and the late Jean Deweese this year, what does it mean to you to not just be recognized, but you're going to have a physical place in Central Library for as long as it stands? That is utterly terrifying. It's weird to say coming to terms with something that is such an enormous honor, but I mean... Mostly what I've been thinking about lately is myself at the age of uh, about nine or so, which is, that was my very first visit to a real library. Like, I'd read about them before, but I'd never gotten to go. 
and you know this was back in Peoria where I'm a I'm a child and I was just so impressed that this whole place was for me and and it wasn't I was nine years old there you know I, I probably shouldn't have been wandering into some of the more adult sections that I inevitably did as an unsupervised nine-year-old but I'm thinking about that nine-year-old a lot as we go through this process and as I learned that in fact it is a physical wall where my name will actually be sitting and the, the phrase that comes to mind is all I've ever wanted is for libraries to like me <laughs> and I think at the age of nine I didn't realize there were people involved it was like I wanted the edifice of the library to like me <laughs> and um that's what that feels like it feels like the library likes me and that's wonderful and I have to mention too, you know, the names on the wall, like, I think it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people to see your name, Nebo, on that wall. And I got Akhtar's name on that wall. The first author of color was only inducted in 2018, which is John Ridley Jr. So we're coming further here. And we want to show that Wisconsin has literary talent from all voices, not just Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much, Beth and Nee, for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you a little better. And Nee, congratulations again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, come on down and visit. The name should be up by mid-December 2023. While you're there, you can check out the Americans in the Holocaust Traveling Exhibit, which is at Central as well, through January 5th. Beth Gabriel is a librarian at Milwaukee Public Library's East Branch, and Nevo is a local author who is one of three people added to MPL's Wisconsin Writers Wall of Fame. You can see Nevo's name on the wall at Central Library now, and you can also explore past books and beyond segments at wuwm.com.